inspire, educate, connect. This is Yoga Digest, a vibrant community of passionate changemakers. Hi, my name is Kim Bauman, and I'm the founder of One Love Movement, a nonprofit dedicated to advancing social justice. I am so excited to bring you One Love Heroes, a podcast about ordinary people with true stories of humanity, love, and courage. Some from people you already know and others from people you'll want to know. Come along with us as we set out to discover stories that will touch your heart. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to episode number seven of One Love Heroes, where I am interviewing one of the brains, or shall I say hearts, behind the yoga and fitness brand, Lululemon. What makes Lululemon unique is their consistency in messaging the yoga off the mat concept, which demonstrates that it's not about your physical yoga practice, but it's about your life practice. It's about how you show up, how you react, how you do or take re- don't take responsibility for your life, how you see yourself, how you do or don't love yourself. That's yoga off the mat. I was invited to be a Lululemon ambassador back in October 2017, and just this past month in April, had the honor of attending their ambassador summit in Whistler, Canada, which is where I met Eric Peterson, our guest today. Eric is the Senior VP of Global Branding and Community, and I am so excited to get to talk with him because I am obsessed with the Lululemon culture, and I need to learn who is the person behind all of this. And so I'm thrilled to get to be here today in beautiful Malibu with Eric and have him on our podcast show. Because what's most touching to me is how this clothing brand feels like magic. To me, Lululemon is like a group of fairies or unicorns that are hired to help you live your best life. And on the side, they sell fitness clothes to the public. And I wanted to start by asking you a question that's sort of off topic from Lululemon, but I'm really interested. Now, you first worked for the Bush administration, correct? (laughs) I was very young. I didn't really know what I was doing. And yes, I did. I worked for the the first uh, President Bush. I worked in the... Department of the Interior. The Big George. In the, in the press office, yep. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. So I was a, a liaise to the White House um, with the Secretary of the Interior's schedule, and I organized press conferences um, and events for the Secretary of the Interior, who manages all of the, a lot of the public lands for the U.S. government, um, and helped... Um, whatever was needed in the, in the secretary's office of public affairs. So it was a really amazing way to cut my teeth and learn how the government works um, and learn about the power of the pen and how important it was um, for messaging. So um, again, I was young. I didn't really know what party I was. I just took a job and um, it was cool. It was fun. The power of the pen. I love that. So you're talking about writing, I assume, right? Yeah, I think it's, it's I mean, obviously things have changed and, and that was... Um, 1991, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe 1992. Um, but what is phenomenal is that the power of the pen is evolving on a kind of a daily, weekly basis, as we've seen in the, in the current media structure. So it's pretty fascinating to see, um, you know, the, the, the good and the the bad of that power struggle or structure, I should say. Mm, No kidding. Wow. Politics. That would be definitely an experience to work in. And not even politics. I just think it's like the, the pen is now the 
Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and followers and Snapchat and media is evolving right in front of our eyes. It's pretty fascinating. Wow, that's so true. From print to everything is digital now. Yeah, but print is so powerful and I, it's just hard to keep up with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then what, so what did you learn from that? What was your, what do you, what would you say that you've taken from that experience into what you're doing today or into life in general? Man, I think the lessons in any job you have along the way are so important. Um, and what you learn from failing is probably the most important mm-hmm. thing. Um, I, I, I guess I would say living in Washington, D.C. For, for three years and working in the government for part of that time, actually understanding how the U.S. government works is pretty fascinating. And I think if people could get insight into that, like the true inner workings of inside the Beltway, inside D.C. and, and the lobbying and the, the young, the youth movement that's there writing legislation, and um, I think people would be blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at the same time, it's fascinating that our vote is actually so impactful. Um, and if people always, it, people also understood the power of their vote, um, I think we'd all be in a better place. But to understand how Washington, D.C., works and worked at that time um, and who the real power players are and, and what policies are made and um, how much of a, a facade some of it is. It's just incredibly interesting. Wow. And what a global centerpiece for everything. It's yeah. just, it's like nobody, everybody there thinks it's the most, it's the center of the universe um, and it's not, but right. I think it's also the, the amount of international representation that is in Washington, D.C. to lobby and to work with the, yeah. the U.S. government is phenomenal. Wow, I can definitely see that. That's so crazy. I do. I totally agree too. As far as um, if everyone realized how valuable their vote was, and they really would vote, and I and I really think that people started to see the value of their vote after this last election. That um, it was just you know it, it does matter what you 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 need to speak up <laughs> yeah. and say something, right? <laughs> that's a, that's an entire different yeah seven or eight episodes. <laughs> yeah. we, we could go a long way. I got a strong opinion. There'd be, there'd so. be an adult version of that. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So (laughs) anyways, thank you for that, though. I love that. Uh, So I had come across a quote from you that really impacted me because it to me, it summed up how I felt about the Lululemon brand. Um, I became an ambassador in October of 2017. And then, like I said earlier, and like, you know, in in April, just recently, I had gone to the um, the big summit up in Whistler, where I got to meet you. And uh, oftentimes for me, I find it hard to put words to an experience or to how I feel towards something. And so at one point I read that you said, yes, we create, we want to create the best product for athletes to train and to compete in. But at the end of the day, what we care about most is helping people, people become better humans. And I, I remember reading that on the screen and I sat there, I read it again, and then I read it again. And I was just really impacted by the words of, of helping people be better humans. And so I wanted to dive into that and, and ask you, uh, so we, what's the story behind, like, why do you think that way? Or how did that come to be? Or was that was already, already part of the culture when you came on to Lululemon? Um, yeah, I think it, I mean, I'll try and answer that question um, in a direct way. Mm-hmm. But really, we're a leadership development company. And I think in order to be um, as human as possible, you need to be able to lead oneself. Um, and really this goes back to our founder and, um, what he realized is that if people could lead themselves and that they were confident in themselves, 
then the stuff that they would bring to work every day um, would not get in the way of, of work. And there's something that we've always believed in in the law of attraction at Lululemon. So people up to, to big things at um, in their own lives just naturally attract other people who want to do that. And it's very contagious. So if you have people who have practice in developing themselves and are always looking to better themselves, then you have a community of people um, that are raising the level of whatever might be important to the time in that community. And, and for us, it's health and it's fitness and it's a, a more holistic approach to being human and just leading oneself. So the reality is that that he put in place, and this is Chip Arfair, he put in place um, a lot of practices that he had honed over 25 years in retail and over just being an, an adult and failing a lot. Um, realize that if you're developing people, they're going to come in and they're going to give you their best work. And if we could get rid of those things that affect our, our those things that have happened to us in the past and that affect who we are today, if you could understand that they were they were important and those, those did create who you are today, but they have no impact on who you're going to be tomorrow. So creating a culture of people who are up to bigger things in their lives, of bettering themselves and writing a vision and goals and looking after themselves is just going to make a more productive company. And we can raise the level of health in communities that we operate around the world then the world's going to be a better place. So for us, when we have a mission statement of elevating the world from mediocrity to greatness, it's very lofty and it, it's what drives us. And it's a long-winded answer, but um, it's just something that that we've been doing for, for close to 20 years now. Um, it's powerful. I've never seen it not work. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you actually invest the time and, and believe in the process – it always seems to work. And the output is like we have a really successful business, but it's not like let's make a really successful business and we'll, then we'll do these other things. It's like let's do these other things and the output is a really successful business. So now we're best in the world at black stretchy pants. Mm-hmm. And that helps us really get up to being a, a leadership development company and changing the world. And that's what really drives us when you peel back the onion Um and it can sound cheesy and it can sound um, lofty, but at the end of the day, um, the results by which Western standard measure of business or otherwise um, is incredibly profound. Really inside, we're looking at like, how many people's lives have we impacted? Um, I think that's just something contagious and people want to be around and it's our job to share it. For sure. I mean, it's just, I think it's so brilliant how the company focuses on people so much, but inside of that, the clothing brand grows. It's amazing. I remember even years ago before I was an ambassador going into the store and I think I even went to a, a goal setting workshop that was inside of the store. And I, I, I still have the, uh, the little booklet they gave me to write on and, or the postcard. And it just impacted my life so much to, I was first of all amazed. It was so interesting to do this in a setting of a clothing store. Cause I, I hadn't been, um, that's not something that clothing brands normally do, and it's uh, it's 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 it by far has set you guys apart for sure. Yeah, and so, and I would say that. It, I mean, the nice thing is there's no BS. Mm-hmm. It's it's who we are. It's be about being authentic. Um, it's what we do, and it's our gift to to our communities and to whomever else will listen um, to share that. And what we know is it works. Mm-hmm. And our proof is, you know, the lives we lead, but also the businesses that we. Um, 
run. Right. And, you know, I think it's so interesting, too, how you don't spend money on print advertising, but you spend so much within the community. Uh, So I've been doing uh, charity events in San Diego for the past seven years, and Lululemon has supported every single event that we've done. And, uh, And I remember every single time I... And like begging them for a logo or for some sort of, you know, branding that I can put on flyers or to acknowledge them. And they always say, no, we don't, we don't need to be acknowledged. We just want to be a part of the community. We want to be where people are helping other people. And that's just what we do. And it's just been so impressive to me that that's the, across the board, that's how you guys operate. Yeah. It, it's funny. It, it's, it's another one of our guiding principles is giving without expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, from a marketing perspective, if you will, um, your um, support is far greater than us placing an ad in a magazine. And we have done print over the years, and, and we may do it again in the future. And a lot of the times that was simply to either create a conversation in an industry mm-hmm. or to um, get into a new category. And in order to do that, sometimes you have to... Um, you have to kind of put gas on the fire mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Sure. But we've always felt that spending the money in the community um, without expectation. And we also don't, we feel strongly that um, the world right now is saturated with marketing and that um, our guest is educated and sophisticated and they know when they're being marketed to. So for us, it's to be transparent and to tell the truth. And usually if somebody else tells that story, it's far more impactful than us telling you how great we think we are. So I'd rather you have I'd rather you hear it from a friend of mine yes. than from me, if that makes sense. Oh, I love right? that. So it's not really about us, but I think the word of mouth um, is the most one of the most powerful things we have. And if you're authentic, um, people are more likely to talk about you. And there's always a time and place for for a, a clever way to, to tell people. Um, I think it's always that balance of what is marketing and what is sharing. And sometimes you have to market things. Um, in order to be able to share better a lot of the things we do, you got to let people know that you have a new style, you have a new experience to offer. Um, sometimes that requires traditional means, but it's not how we've been structured. So we've been very much structured to, from a community perspective, and that's really at a grassroots, word-of-mouth level. And growing a global brand one community at a time is far more impactful and important to us than doing Super Bowl ads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. Those are one and done and people forget. Yeah, yeah. That's not our thing. Not that that's bad, it's just not our. for sure, for sure. That's fantastic, I love it. Uh, So I wanted to ask you, I I love hearing about also, you know, uh, more of of like how are you learning and how are you being in in your own life. And and I believe that some of the, the same, I believe for that so often we will continue to have situations and people come into our lives that will teach us what we need to know at that time. And if we don't learn the lesson, it's going to show up again and again and again until we actually learn that lesson. And so I'm, I wanted to ask you, what is something, what's a lesson that you, that continues to show up in your life, the same message time and time again? <laughs> um, man, well, I guess it's, it's funny. I guess there's two things. One, we're always in the practice, uh-huh. always in the, in the practice. And, if I looked at a, a review, um, like an employee review from 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it's unfortunately going to say a lot of the same things that it does now. So even um, as, as much as I know I want to improve some of my shortcomings, um, it's hard work and we're always in the work. So for me, um, sometimes scattered, 
in my thinking and, and staying focused on some things that are not that interesting to me, but are also a requirement of, I guess, being an adult or being a responsible <laughs> right. child, which is an adult. Um, or I should say being a, a child with, with responsibilities is, is, you know, more like an adult. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to do in our day-to-day that um, I sometimes am not great at getting to. Um, and I think number one of those is emails, and it's a struggle, and I'm working on it, and i now sitting help to do it. Um, and I find personally that it is a sedentary thing looking into a screen, and at the core of me, I'm not good at that. Yeah. I'm not good at, at sitting in, in front of the television for a long time. I'm not a big fan of movies because I feel like <clears throat> I just I'm physical and I like to be mm-hmm. moving and I like to be interacting with people. So to sit and, and type on a mm-hmm. um, keyboard is not my best life. And it's also a requirement for like really effective and efficient communications. And so I'm always balancing like how much time I sit in front of a screen um, where I really don't get creative ideas. Mm-hmm. I just have to articulate those um, and lead and learn. So well, that's the answer to your yeah. question, but no, that's it's a constant, it's a constant struggle mm-hmm. for me and some things that other people find so easy and they can churn through hundreds of emails in a day and I just struggle with it. Yeah. But I'm working yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> really? I, I can, To all the people that I email with Eric. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it's, it, and I say, send me an email and it's incredibly efficient that allows you to be mobile. So it's really effective. Right, right. Um, but just telling me to sit in front of a screen. <laughs> Ineffective, huh? Yeah. No, I like, though, that you take the route of um, being outside or being active or being with people instead of the behind-the-screen stuff. I'm definitely a computer person myself, so well, to me, I tend it's to hide like behind my screen. <laughs> everything is done by a person. Yeah. At least in my world. It's mm-hmm. like people. And, yes, you can program a computer to do things, but most of the stuff that I, that I enjoy is done by people. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have relationships. Mm-hmm. So people can use the computers and they can use all these other tools and devices. But at the end of the day, there's a, a person. So I would rather understand people and be in relationship with them. Um, and I know that it's really important to, mm-hmm. to use, you know, email and other communication tools. So. Yeah. And I mean, that's so valuable too, because I feel like there's so much of the opposite of you, which is people behind their phones at the time, people who, you know, don't want to get on the phone, they'd rather text you or they'd rather email you rather than having that personal conversation or that FaceTime. And I definitely feel that that's, that's, um, that's, I think the whole world is up against that sort of struggle because everything is turning into technology so much that, uh, what we're losing is that, that human connection, that, that, that time when we're together, when we're hanging out, when we're, when we're not all sitting, we're not, we're not all together, but then we're all on our phones. And so it, for me, when I walk out of a yoga class, the first thing I see is everyone goes in their bag, pulls their phone, and then everyone stands in the hallway and looks at their phone <laughs> right after yeah. yoga. So we are all guilty. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately. Exactly. Uh, so Lululemon has been around for about 20 years. Is that correct? Yeah. We'll be celebrating our, our 20th anniversary this year. And that Ooh, really is a, a 20th anniversary for when our founder started um, cutting patterns in his kitchen. Um, and, um, yeah, we're excited. Oh, I, I didn't know that. So can you say a little more about that? He was cutting yeah, like he, yoga um, pant yeah. figures in yeah, his kitchen? Yeah, he was creating, creating patterns in his, in his kitchen um, and coming up with some of the original, original designs. Wow. And then it. opened his, uh, his first store in um, Vancouver and was sewing there and creating designs and doing the manufacturing and then um shortly thereafter 
opened up uh, a store across the street. And when I got there in 2004, we had seven stores um, and we are over 400 now globally. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's huge growth. Holy moly. And it still seems small in the same company. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a lot of respects, in a lot of ways. It's still, um, there's a lot of people who've been around for a long time and um, still believe in the same thing. And we still continue to have success and enjoy our jobs and life. So it's been really fun. Today. How did you get involved with Lululemon? How did that happen for you? Um, well, fortunately enough, I moved from London, England, where I was marketing video games for EA Sports. Um, and I moved oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it was fantastic. A wonderful company and a wonderful job when you're you're younger to yeah market sports and video games. And to a certain extent, um, it was something that as we became more successful at that, I realized the impact that I was having and I wasn't incredibly proud of it. I was proud professionally that I was helping create a, a brand and grow that brand. And yet um, I was contributing to people being sedentary behind the screen. Mm. So my neighbor across the street was this guy called Chip Wilson. And Chip, um, would I would see him in the park often as I would take my young son over there and we'd watch the big kids play sports and Chip and I got to talking because he had previously had a snowboard apparel company called West Beach. So we kind of had a, we shared some um, interest in snow and skate and surf and this kind of culture. And um, one day Chip drove by my house and he leaned over in his car and he handed me these cassette tapes. So this is in 19... Cassette tapes, cassette I love tape. it. This is in 1990. <laughs> no, sorry, this is in 2003. And he said, you should listen to these. And you had a cassette tape player. This is, didn't everybody? <laughs> I had them in my car. So he handed me these cassette tapes and they were by a guy called Brian Tracy, who's a, um, a self-help, a self-development guru. And it's something that, um, you know, this kind of neighbor, weird neighbor who wasn't wearing his shirt, um, handed me these tapes. And I thought, well, that's strange. Like, but I was like, okay, I don't really know what Chip does. He seems like a really nice guy. So I listened to the tapes and it was like kind of your standard fare, um, you know, like self-affirmation. And I mean, it was good, but it was weirder more that the neighbor who I didn't really know well was handing me self-help tapes. <laughs> so a, a few weeks passed. That would be interesting, having he, somebody he, you don't know give you a self-help What's tape. interesting is he said, make sure I get those back. I was like, <laughs> awesome. But they were out of sequence. So I didn't have, if there was 12 tapes, I didn't have all 10, all 12 of them. So that this is going to be super awkward. I'm going to give them back less than a full deck. And he's going to think, well, this guy stole some of my tapes. So, right. Anyways, I returned them, you know, probably a month later. And a couple but months after that. I have a that, question. So yeah. you, what made you listen to them? Because I feel like I would have taken them but not listened to them. Well, I, I can't say I listened to all of them. Uh-huh. But I listened to the, enough. You know, if someone like says this is a really good book, you know, I'm trying to read the whole book, but you read enough that you could talk to them about. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. So I listened mm-hmm. to enough of the tapes mm-hmm. um, to understand the premise. And so I gave him back and he said, hey, you know, those tapes I gave you, I have that guy coming to talk to my company. You should come and listen to him. I can't. He's very expensive and I can't fill the room. So I went to and it was Lululemon's first um, manager's conference. So there's about 40 people in the room. And I took the afternoon off from my job and I went down and I was in this room full of mostly younger women. Um, There's a couple guys in there and I heard Brian Tracy talk and it honestly sounded exactly like the tapes. 
There's a few Lululemon anecdote things and a few things um, relevant to Vancouver, but otherwise it was kind of, I'd already heard the, the speech. But what blew me away was this room full of young women who were so passionate and they wanted to change the world. And as the conversation got into like, it went beyond Q&A and I, was, I sat around for kind of mm-hmm. more of the meetings and they're like, we're going to edu- we're gonna start a university. We're going to change all these communities all over the world. I didn't even know that it was a yoga company or what Chip did. But I went home that night and I said, one of us has to go work at this company because I have to figure out what he does and then I have to figure out a way to go work for him because I've never in 30 plus years of team sports and schooling and being in group dynamics, I've been in a room where I felt that type of atmosphere. Fast forward, um, six months later, I was in pitching Chip Wilson an idea of how Lululemon could get involved with um, with athletes and be involved in the Olympics that were potentially coming to Vancouver. So this was in 2004. Vancouver had not been awarded the 2010 Olympics yet, but it was between Vienna and Vancouver at the time. So I pitched Chip this idea, and I had a suit and tie on and a PowerPoint on how um, his company, and within five minutes into the meeting, he said, why don't you just come work for me full time? And I said, well, maybe I can get through this meeting. I'm kind of nervous. I have this PowerPoint presentation. He was like <laughs> casually dressed in shorts and a t-shirt, no shoes. And um, so we went for a walk after he let me go through my spiel. And he said, um, why don't you come work for me? He said, you tell me how much you want to earn and how often you want to work. And two weeks later, I was wow. working for Chip as the head of community, which I didn't really understand what community was at the time. Uh-huh. I was just a trained marketer and I felt okay I'm gonna do the marketing but I was so wrong and I had to learn how Lululemon did it so long-winded answer um but that's how I I was um lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time and this group of people and the passion that was in that room is what brought me to Lululemon and that's a brilliant idea to connect to athletes yeah I mean I just had come from a a world where you you Mm -hmm. worked with professional athletes to help design games and um, to learn more about the sport, and it was effective. And what I also came from was spending big amounts of dollars and writing press releases and running ads and telling people why they needed to buy a product versus you know, asking people for feedback and making the best product you could mm-hmm. and then um, getting it on the right people and giving back to the community, which is an entirely different model. One was very much um, pushing and then versus like getting pulled into a market. Right. Well, how amazing, too, that you hardly know each other, and then he, he saw something in you, clearly, even before he yeah, I think the that, Brian you know, Tracy tapes. I think, um, I think smart people can, can see potential in others. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he took a flyer on me, probably. Who knows? I've been I successful in my, I love it. my last I love role, it. but um, I was not at all prepared for um, what Lululemon was doing. And I frankly didn't. Right. I, it took me about nine months to, to believe it. Really? Yeah, because I felt like as a marketer, you tell people, right? You you, you have a product right. that launches on this day yeah. and you tell people in advance mm-hmm. and then you launch it and you tell them why it's so great. Mm-hmm. And this was completely counter to all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was told that my job was to say no. My job was to, to be in relationships with people in the community and get the product on them and ask for their feedback and actually make the product that they wanted. And then they would tell their friends. And I thought, well, these guys are crazy. I'm, I'm going to hire an agency and... and <laughs> splash your money around and tell the world. Um, 
And they're like, well, we're going to write goals and we're going to teach you how to write uh-huh. goals. And I thought, well, that's cool, but I'm not going to tell anybody about them. <laughs> so I, I don't want to say I was a naysayer, but I, I just firmly believe that it was a bit of a marketing. I, I didn't really believe the authenticity of it um, until about nine or 10 months, maybe yeah, more than 10 months into working at Lululemon. And I thought, this is phenomenal. Like what, this works. Like you write your goals down and you write authentic goals and you share them with people and they become a reality and you can have what you want to have or you can be the person that you want to be and you're surrounded by people who are doing the same thing. I thought, holy cow, this is extraordinary. Wow. So, so it took me probably a, um, yeah, close to a year of, of second guessing and kind of just being part of the process to realize this is really effective. Do you remember that's what the tipping point was for you? Was it a conversation with someone? Was it an experience? Was it one of your goals that you wrote down that shifted? I think it was just being surrounded by sort of honest conversations mm-hmm. and like complete authenticity. And, you know, you, you knew where you stood and I've been used to like being in a meeting where you kind of toe the line and you're like, yep, yep, yep. And then you go out and whisper, whisper and hear the meetings that would happen at Lulem, which was most of us just turning our chairs around and, discussing they were incredibly frank mm-hmm. um and you knew exactly where you stood and there was no personal attachment to this and it's all this stuff that we'd we'd learn and we we practice and we've been taught and trained and developed of um letting things go and um not creating side conversations or stories about people so i think it was just a there was not one tipping point but to be to see all these people and to be working with people to mm-hmm. see the impact of like how our clothes would improve and our fabrics would improve and we change lives and yoga classes, introducing yoga to, to people who hadn't done it before. And they would all come away with something slightly different. It might be breath. It might be hip opener. It might just be a more meditative state, but I thought, wow, this is a pretty, pretty mm-hmm. cool recipe that we have here. So I just say it at probably, you know, 10 months to a year, I realized that, this was really cool. This is nice. And it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's going to be really fun. I think that's the other thing is um, for me to to work with somebody who had just a vision um, mm-hmm. and to put really lofty goals out. I mean, to say that we were going to be 300 stores worth a billion dollars and compete with people like Nike, we, we all thought that was crazy and um, very unrealistic, but it was going to be fun trying to do that. And somebody had to put out pretty audacious goals. So Right. And you're doing it through like the law of attraction, through connecting with community versus ad agencies and giving without like, expectation. You, yeah. So it's very hard when you go into a way. CFO and you say it's about <laughs> giving without expectation. You're like, but we're What's giving them the ROI on that. <laughs> right. And it's about the law of attraction. <laughs> right. Right. So it's about hiring your friends and it's about hiring your friends and friends. Um, uh-huh. and, and growing that through your community. And you know, it's not about, going into the database and finding a specialist mm. and their CV or their resume on what it is. It's like, oh my gosh, you're fantastic. You meet somebody in yoga class and they seem really smart and they can be trained to do things and they're very personal and they can create relationships anywhere in the world that they're super creative and trusting them and giving them a big job and they would always live into it. And when you got it wrong, you're very frank about, well, we got this wrong and you part ways. But yeah, it, it's all the most simple stuff. Um, and it seems like we've, learned a methodology that is counter to just the basics Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of what we do is just very basic human nature type of stuff 
And that's what's so interesting because I feel like you guys operate from a space of doing business like random acts of kindness. You know, it's like that's your that seems to be your strategy more than having an actual business plan. It's like I think that's how we grew. Who can we do do good for today? That's that's for sure how we grew, and now we're far more sophisticated. So Mm -hmm. we have all the tools and measurements and metrics Mm -hmm. um, to actually create a very strong business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's always that blend of art and science mm-hmm. where we know that, you know, and the pendulum will swing. Mm-hmm. We know that doing this work and, and developing leaders within our company and um, always being in the work and being in the practice, whether it's yoga or um, personal development, creates a really good business. Mm-hmm. And we also know that we want to have homes and, and mortgages. And, For sure. Um, you know, my goals, you re- my you... goals require money mm-hmm. and a lot of it. Yep. I have an expensive, <laughs> like things that I want to do. Well, right. It's not, but like if I want right. to travel, I, it requires money and I have three children and I want to take them with me. Okay. Yeah. So do a lot of people I work with have similar interests. Great. Well, we better have a really good business that allows us to do that. And we also have shareholders and we have public company, we have investors and we want the same thing for them. What we know is that doing all these things, looking after oneself and sharing that stuff creates an incredibly good business. So the more, you know, digital metrics that can we have and the more sophisticated we can become and the more our um, production line and our sourcing around the world is, is better, the more we're, we're going to be able to do that stuff. But we know, I mean, from, from day one, um, when I started, we knew what we were selling every single day in the store. And we did that by educating people. Mm-hmm. So if you're educating people and not selling them, it seems that, you know, when you're transparent about like what the product benefits are to people and then trying to sell it. And if you don't have that, you send them across the street to North Face or to Patagonia who has a better waterproof jacket because of the time we would have. So we'd, and they're like, wait a second, you're telling me to go somewhere else for that? I'm like, yeah, because we don't, we don't ours have isn't great need. or we don't do that. Um, they just, response. they like you yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I was saying I just got goosebumps. Oh. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. When you said that, I just got goosebumps because that's actually happened to me before when I've been in Lululemon where they've then just kind of flat out told me that wasn't going to work for what I wanted. And I was like, what? I want it yeah, to work now. And, <laughs> like it made I, me want it to work because they were telling me it wasn't going to work because I just love their honesty so much that I was. But we all know, yeah. like if you go into a store today and you ask anybody in the store, um, we have a, a daily goal, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, an annual mm-hmm. goal. Um, and it's an incredibly well-oiled business, mm-hmm. but the foundations are built on all of this other um, stuff that is about the person and the community, mm-hmm. and that's what creates the business. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know, I think if you try and go in business first and do that um, without this stuff, then it's it's not sustainable. But for us, pouring that solid foundation, um, it allows you to to do other things. And I, I look at like if. If some like a yoga practitioner, somebody has a really solid practice and then their core is solid, and I mean literally their core, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of that goes back to the, the head as well, but your core is solid. You can try new sports and new activities and not get injured, but if that core is not solid and your foundation is not solid and you go out water skiing the first time or you play pickup basketball or volleyball, you almost always get injured. Mm-hmm. So for us, like having yoga at our core in a, in a literal and figurative way allows us to go out and try new mm-hmm. things. Oh, I love that. But having that like solid foundation of development and focusing on the people um, 
allows us to move very quickly and allows us to try new things and always kind of innovate. So when did yoga, meaning yoga off the mat, become the core of Lululemon? Was that from the very beginning or did that yeah, happen later? It's always been from the very beginning. So before you even came on board, it was yoga? Yeah. Okay. And frankly, I didn't, Cause yoga I didn't wasn't know a lot of yoga. Then. I'd only yeah. practiced a few times mm-hmm. and it was, um, it was pretty cool at the time in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. You could only find, there was no class that was, all classes were 90 minutes. Um, and now it's kind of difficult to find a, a 90 minute yeah. class. Most classes 60, are huh? yeah. an hour, sometimes shorter, but um, yeah, yoga has always been a huge part of what we do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that, um, we just know works. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there that, was nobody in that space as well. Yeah, that, for sure. Our founder chip didn't, um, he saw the opportunity in, in yoga and he saw the increase in the popularity. I think that's what visionaries do. They find out what's next. And, right. um, for us, there's a lot of runway left in yoga. And I think the more now that we see new people trying it, and I think our goal is to give Give yoga to those who, um, who, who maybe can't afford it, mm-hmm. um, or it's not as accessible to. But is to really share yoga with more people in the world, um, and the world just be a better place. Especially knowing how it, it's impacted all of us, like we can get behind that. Yeah, don't hear people coming out of right. class saying, "Oh, that was a waste of time." Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, when I when I when I teach yoga, my favorite part is people just love coming to the studio and we get to, we get to teach yoga. It's like, they're never disappointed to see us. <laughs> and everybody takes happy. something different. It's not yeah. always the same. Yeah. Yeah. Same I love thing. that. Um, how was that navigating from going, uh, cause it, you, it sounds like you were very traditional in your business way of thinking, uh, prior pre Lululemon. And then you hop on board the Lulu train and you get, uh, inspired by, um, by thinking more from your intuition and your heart ver- versus from your business strategy, for example. And so what was that like to, to feel yourself migrating into operating differently, but still on a professional level? Um, cause I, I just, it, no, I love how you, how you were, uh, you weren't the normal person that might have been in that role, but you shaped yourself into that, you know, from, from yeah, I was first... surrounded by people who were. Yeah, but I think that's that's um, like anything. If you you surround yourself with healthy people, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot easier to be healthy. Right, right. And if you surround yourself with positive people, it's easy to be positive. And the converse is true as well. A bunch of sketchy people, and right. you're start to, there's a lot easier to get involved with sketchy things or whatever that might be, negativity or. Very so, true. So to you me, it was a product of your. Yeah, you just you, like mm-hmm. you're surrounded, and and if you have this mass, and I, I still feel like um, it's an interesting thing because if I'll meet somebody and they ask what I do, and I say, well, I work in community for Blue Lemon, they typically think that I'm the the guy that signs charity checks, um, and so <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll just to, in order to get to tell people what I really do if they're interested, I'll say I work marketing or branding at Lulu. Um, but what I really want to tell them about is, is who we are and some of the things. And a lot of times if you're at a cocktail party or if you're at a the social event, people don't want to hear that. They don't actually really want to know what's several layers deep, which is really the, the core of that. Um, so sometimes it's hard because so much of the world is just operating in the same, mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. And we feel that there's a better way and it's not weird or different. It's just not something that you can tell somebody like in an elevator, mm-hmm. right? You're like, Oh, giving without expectation and being authentic. And 
doing community right. and building relationships, it doesn't really sit Casey, that well. Yeah, have a good day. Yeah, um, and you know, frankly, it's um, you're always you're always teaching and learning and, and trying to educate people um, on that way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the pendulum shifts too much, and sometimes yeah. it's it goes back the other way. But yeah, it's, it's easy to fall into your old habits too. Uh-huh. Like, okay, well, let's just run an ad or let's do this. Right, right, for um, sure. And yet this is far more effective and it has more, um, I think there's more value in the, the relationships and the guests that we have created and the impact mm-hmm. that we've had in communities than anything else, you, anything you could have spent money on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people, you know, our guests realize that. Um, I think people are learning that more and wanting to know how we do it. And when you tell them, it's kind of, they don't understand. Well, and like you said before, what's the ROI in this? What's the return on investment? Because you, when you're giving away, uh, so one year Lululemon brought a bunch of Lulu mats to one of my charity yoga events and they surprised people with, with, uh, with yoga mats, just walked up to someone and surprised people and people were freaking out. And so you don't necessarily know what the return on that is. You just saw someone happy for that moment, but you can't get a spreadsheet later on to calculate how everything came together. So that's so true. I have spent, you know, if I could, if I could calculate that, if I could Mm -hmm. put a value on that, Mm -hmm. I would. And I spent a lot of time and money trying to figure that Mm -hmm. out. Um, and trying to educate new executives and new people on, Mm -hmm. um, the merits of that. It's, it's really hard because you can't, you can't draw a straight line right? and you cannot not draw a squiggly line. Yeah. But what I know is that the more time you invest in your community and the more time you're in class doing it, um, you know, whatever mm-hmm. practice that may be, always the better off our businesses. Yeah, it's just, trusting, it just runs, it, trusting it. And when business isn't mm-hmm. good, you can look at, are people using their monthly yoga budget? And oftentimes there's a direct correlation to them not doing it. Mm-hmm. But in most boardrooms, that just doesn't. Oh, I love that. that I love that, by the way. That doesn't resonate. Um, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting mm-hmm. way of doing it. Thank you for my yoga budget, by the way. It's one of my favorite things about right? being an ambassador. I freaking love it. <laughs> but it's crazy. It's like changed my life, no, having a yoga budget. It's so, yeah. it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I can't tell you what the value of that. Yeah. I mean, you like it. That's why it's so great. tell a friend and I can trust. say like that. Mm-hmm. It just works because like I think there's an impact and you're teaching yoga and you're a better person for it and the mm-hmm. people around you are better. Um, and at the end of the day, I, it doesn't work on a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you guys just have to trust that what you're doing is is coming back. So. And I know that it works there, because it in, what in I can tell you is that we have a really profitable, successful mm-hmm. business by mm-hmm. most measures. Mm-hmm. Like it's just and it, and that's how we've done it. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been from nobody would ever say, "Oh, I remember your campaign." Because <laughs> right. it doesn't exist. Right. Right? If you talk to people, they I say, remember that I remember yeah. my first Lululemon experience. <laughs> right. Exactly. Or my first time I put on a pair of pants, or yeah. the first time I tried a shirt, or the first time I met somebody from Lululemon. Yeah. Um, that's pretty profound for us. I love it. I love it. Uh, I have a couple more things for you before um, we finish, Eric. So something that I really valued from Ambassador Summit was the notion of uh, being a unicorn. And so for all you guys listening, what we did at Summit is that they brought us through an exercise where they encouraged you to shift your to shift your perspective, to raise your vibration and how you operate by seeing your life differently through this fun game that starts with the words, wouldn't it be cool if, and then you fill in the blank. So Eric, I wanted to ask you, um, wouldn't it be cool if, um, I'd say, wouldn't it be cool if, um, the United Nations meetings involved yoga (gasps) and then all of the world leaders 
did yoga and meditated together. Oh my God. I want to be a part of that. Yes. That would be cool. Oh my God. That'd be so cool. All right, so uh, another uh, takeaway from the Ambassador Summit that really, really impacted me was this game called Tapping Someone on the Shoulder. And this is an exercise that they demonstrated uh, that is your ability to stand up, to lead, and to get behind others in the sense of where of where you ask yourself, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for someone to tell you it's okay to take that move, to take that stand, to start? Are you waiting for someone to pick you? And what if you picked yourself and what if you picked somebody else? And so Eric, I wanted to ask you, what are you tapping yourself on the shoulder for? And what are you doing to tap other people on the shoulder? Um, to have them stand up, to have yourself stand up in life, to take action, to start. Well, I feel um, that I think the most important thing is um, your actions speak louder than your words. So for me, my work is to lead by example and to, um, to really declare some of the bigger things that, that I want to do um, that I feel really good for, for the company. Um, so just being a, a strong stand mm-hmm. for those things. Um, because I feel like all of us, typically we have, you know, at a certain stage might be in your 30s, you know the answer. You don't have to look for the answer. You kind of know it. Um, and so it's really taking a good look at yourself and just reaffirming that you actually know. Mm-hmm. So to trust your gut. So for me, I feel like I know a lot of the things. And, and not from a business perspective, whatever, but I, like, typically if I get into situation, I know the answer. It's my fear or my hesitation or whatever that is that prevents me. So it, I just have to reaffirm that I actually know. I know what I'm doing. Um, and I have to trust myself in that and not worry about the consequences because I feel that I'm here for a reason. I'm in that situation for a reason. The world has put me there and I know the answer versus, you know, always looking outside. And that's not to say that I also feel, which is some of the converse, is that um, you can't feel like you know everything because then, you know, you have to come into work stupid every day and you always you have to be learning. Um, but I think once you have presented enough information like you know mm-hmm. and you know when to, to jump or when to, to sit down mm-hmm. um, so to me that's kind of my what I'm working right now is just not overly questioning what I feel right. is right just trusting yourself I love it thank, Eric thank you so much I'm so appreciative yeah, thank to get you. to time with you and to connect with you um, so thank you so much for being here and for letting me come up into this beautiful space and, and hang out thank for a bit thank you